Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Mission Matters. My name is Adam Torres, and if you'd like to apply to be a guest in the show, just head on over to missionmatters.com and click on Be Our Guest to Apply. All right, so today I have Frances Harder on the line, and she is an author and business consultant at Fashion for Profit Consulting. Frances, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Adam. My pleasure. All right, Francis. So uh, I'm excited to have you on the show today and to announce to our audience that you will be an author in one of our upcoming business leaders books. So I'm thrilled to have you in the book. And I just want to start off by saying congrats. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it's an honor. So Francis, we will start this interview the way that we start them all with our Mission Matters Minute. So Francis, we at Mission Matters, we amplify stories for entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. That's our mission. Francis, what mission matters to you? I always, my tagline has always been, we're here to make a difference. So if we can make a difference and give back in some way, I've been very fortunate to led my life with people helping me. And I'm, I like to think I try to do the same. Love bringing uh, mission-based individuals on the line to share why they do what they do and their passion for it. So again, great to have you on. I guess let's just uh, go further back into your career, Francis. Um, how did you get started in fashion? Like, Where did all this begin for you? I think it's in my blood. My mother was a fashion designer in England and for her brother in Nottingham. And my father was a chemical engineer working on textiles. And so I was brought up listening to this and went into an art college and wanted to be a graphic designer. But my mother said, study design, because then you can always sew for your children. But (laughs) so I ended up doing fashion design. And when I left and started working, I was fortunate enough to be invited back by my university to teach. And so I've had this amazing dual career of teaching and also consulting and being a designer. So that's where it really started. So I I definitely want to go further into your consulting and how you're helping uh, businesses and brands. But I think let's let's stay in your earlier days a little bit, a little bit longer. So I know that obviously things have changed in in fashion as they have in in many different industries with the, you know, the the move to digital and just all these other ways that people are consuming content and just as fashion specifically. So just the, the industries that have arisen even around fashion themselves, whether it's covering it and things like media or social media or all these other things. Like there's so many different more avenues, I feel like for creatives to pursue in general that are interested in fashion. I'd be interested to hear from your vantage point, you know, for those that are will watch this now and into the future that are considering a career in fashion, like what, what, what kind of things would you tell them as they explore and, and kind of get started? Well, I think one of the most exciting things that have been happening recently is this whole sustainable movement which has been long coming and we really seriously need to look at this when you think of 27% of the landfills are full of textiles and clothing. So we're seeing uh, this this incredible creativity from young designers. They're able to take existing clothing and break them down, remake them, make them into something else. There's a whole new movement which is really generating a new energy within the industry. Because recently, as we all know, we've been Zooming at home and sitting at home and probably not thinking about what we need to wear. And so the trends have got diluted. We're not necessarily dictated to as much. We don't have to wear short pants or hot pants and mini skirts anymore. You can wear basically whatever you feel like you want to wear. And so, you know, that's a good alternative for for older people or for whoever you body types as well. So there's a lot going into it. And I think anybody entering the industry, it's an exciting time. And of course, 
everything, as we know, is also hooked up to social media and how we uh, sell our own brand and how does that come across. And that becomes a global story. So there's some very interesting new developments within the industry. And speaking of brands, I think one of the things that I, because admission matters, I mean, this is what we're working on all day long, and I'm not going to overspeak and claim that I'm a fashion expert, so you better be sure I'm asking you all those questions. But but when it comes to brands and branding, I think what another thing that's just so interesting to me is that once upon a time, the brands were, of course, the, the clothing outlets or, you know, whatever the product was, let's just say. Then, you know, it got to a point, from what I noticed, that what maybe there were like celebrities, right? Whether it was celebrities, athletes, supermodels, then those became brands in themselves. But now with like social media and otherwise, what it could be a blogger, it could be all these different things where there's opportunity to create your own brands around your passion and about things that you like. And ideally, you know, fashion's a big one of those. Is there anything interesting that you see? And I know there's a lot, by the way, but what's interesting that you see in terms of what brands are doing, whether it's individuals, it could be clothing, it could be otherwise. But what do you see from your vantage point in terms of like interesting brands? Well, of course, we're looking at the Lululemons and the active sportswear. So there's, you know, people are wearing the leggings in the morning to go and work out and then they'll wear, put a sweater over it or a jacket and then off they go for lunch. And then Mm -hmm. they might put a a fancy top on for the evening. So this whole kind of from workout to dinner in leggings has been something of interest. So you can dress it up, dress it up and dress it down. There's this whole new casualness. Unfortunately, it's not gone over to the men. And so, with you know, you guys still are dictated to wearing ties and shirts, shirts and jackets. But yeah. uh, for the most part, women are in a much more casual lifestyle, right? So I want to I want to jump around a bit here for a moment or two. So the upcoming book, and and for everybody watching this, we're going to keep the book discussion today kind of surface level. But don't worry, this is intentional. When the book is live and edited and out there and distributed, we will be bringing Frances back onto the show and we'll do a deep dive into her writing. So today we're going to keep it a little brief on the book side of things. But Frances, overall, what are some of the concepts or the ideas that you plan on introducing in the upcoming book? launch? Well, I think my main point was the power of networking Mm -hmm. and how one door will lead to another door will open another door. So that's been my experience. And I'm not sure with you, Adam, what your experience has been. But it's, as I say, I was from Manchester, England. And, um, you know, when I think of when I was working for the United Nations, I was in Peru giving a lecture on the top of 14,000 foot high mountain. And there are all the indigenous, wonderful Peruvian women and men with their indigenous outfits on. And I was just standing there and there was a translator. Everybody had their earphones in. And I was just standing there and suddenly in my head, I kind of gasped and I went, I'm from bloody Manchester. How did this happen? <laughs> How did I get who actually... I'm dyslexic, you know, so when I was younger, they didn't even know what that was. I was considered to be, you know, okay, well, she'll forget it, you know. But now when you look at what's going on and how people can be helped with these issues, that was really probably my turning point was just having the luck of meeting people who helped me. And basically that's pointed out in the book where, you know, you've included me in. Thank you. And I think that uh, young people, and I talk to a lot of college students, 
-hmm. that you never know where it's going to go. And I have lots of wonderful interns. One of my first interns when I had my nonprofit FBI, Fashion Business Incorporated, Trish came into as an intern from Cal Poly Pomona. Then she came to work for me. Then she became the executive director. And she's now got a pretty nice job working for a big trade show. So, And we're still the best of friends. So there are many different things that can happen when you meet people who can maybe help you. And I think that's been my fortune and being very lucky. And if I can give back in some way to help others, I like that too. It's awesome. And I agree with you on the networking side of things, everything that I've really, most of the things that I've ever accomplished. And when I think about like, it was always started with a new person I met, whether it was a new idea, a new concept, it was something else. And that led to one thing, it led to another door. And then you're like, what? Like even the fact that I'm in media, I don't, I mean, my background's in finance. I had no idea that I'd be doing this or working on building brands or other things like that, like that all came through really networking. And even if it wasn't like necessarily always business deals I did with somebody, it was sometimes just the knowledge of meeting somebody that's outside of your social circle or your day to day, right? And so that doing that sometimes introduces you to new ideas, many much like going to watch another movie that you've never seen or another genre movie introduces you to another thing. That's the way I kind of look at like people sometimes when I was out there networking, it's like all brand new movies movies and things and exciting experiences and, you know, their own backgrounds, their own stories, their own plots. And so when I look at networking, I'm thrilled to get further into this with you, but I'm going to pause it there. We're going to jump around because as I told the audience, hopefully we warmed up the audience in this one though, because you have something coming up in the book and I'm excited to get into that as well. Um, But not in this interview, we'll do that next one. So just switching focus and topics slightly here, jump around a bit. I want to get more into your business itself. So fashion for profit consulting. So tell us a little bit more about starting this business and and kind of where it came from. Well, basically it came about when I was teaching, as I taught, as I said earlier, I was teaching for many years and I was teaching at Otis College of Art and Design as a full-time faculty. And it was a great experience. While I was teaching there, I was very fortunate to be approached to design for for a Japanese company, uh, which I did. I had my name under license in Japan. And then I was approached by a consultant who wanted me to design for the Sultan of Brunei. And so I went out to Brunei and started working and designing for the Royal House of Brunei. And then also I was invited to design a line for uh, Priscilla Presley that turned into two lines for home shopping. So I had, I had this started, you know, meeting people and realizing there were issues that were not being related to. And I also saw and struggled myself when I started my own business and found sometimes things didn't turn out quite the way you planned. You never know how someone's going to react. And I was doing a line of children's line of clothing and it was successful in Los Angeles. And then I got a showroom in New York asked me to give them duplicates there because they said they could sell it well. And I sent them all off. I was so excited. And then I never heard anything. And I asked a friend of mine who's a designer in New York at the time and said, Kathy, can you go and check on my clothing in the showroom? And she did. And she called me at the end of the day and she said, well, yours are hanging very prominently in the showroom window However, not with your label in it. So I I had a big bump learning experience, you know, with finding out that and Mm. um, realizing, you know, you need to check people out when you start doing business with people. Mm. And then when I was teaching, I realized that they were not, it was beautiful. It was a very good college for design, but there was not much business. And this was, you know, 20 years ago. So I recommended we did an entrepreneurial training class, which we did. And that once I wrote the outline and went, wow, here we've got the chapters. So I began to write my book. 
fashion for profit that then led me to uh, meet somebody who we suggested we should start this nonprofit fashion business incorporated which was an educational nonprofit in uh, downtown fashion district so that's how it all got started now oh, what a story and when i look at your website and otherwise like i can see the brand i can see the different the books and the content that you put out i'm a big fan of creating so there's a lot of you know and not let's not just say just in fashion consultants in many different fields and with many different specialties who don't necessarily create a brand around their consulting process and or around content. So meaning books, you have a podcast coming out, which I'll talk about that in a moment. We'll hold off on that one, but I want to get my audience warmed up. It's a good one. And I'm a podcaster at heart. And I know everybody uh, that's been watching the show for a long time knows I love talking about podcasts, but circling back. So the brand side of things, like when I looked at your website, when I looked at like the idea that you're putting out content, that you're branded and that you, you have a framework, it to me, it stands out versus other things in the space. Like what went into creating your brand and maybe some of the content that you're putting out there? Because it's unique. Thank you. It started to all come together when I founded the Fashion Business Incorporated and realized there were many creative people out there who start a business, but they have the creativity, but they don't have the, uh, the business side. Or yeah. on the opposite side, you can have the business side but not understand the creative side. So I developed these different courses from mm -hmm. the Fashion Business Incorporated. We also got funded through the city and we did job retraining. So people who got displaced or were in jobs, we would help them get certified in a better position with short-term training, which I believe the educational system needs to go back more to apprenticeships, short-term training. You don't necessarily have to go for four years and get into debt for $250,000. Yeah. Know, you can do learn on the job and maybe take some classes on the side. Mm -hmm. And I also believe that being immersed in the industry is probably the best way for you to learn. So there are lots of changes coming about beside, you know, for the educational side that I think is exciting. And for the creatives out there, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll be interested to have you weigh in on this. So for your, you happen to have the skill set, and of course you worked on it, where you had the ability to do the business side and the uh, creative side. But I tell, talk to creatives all the time who maybe don't, they just don't necessarily like the business side as much, or they're not, they don't maybe understand it as much. And I'm like, well, then you got to find a partner. You got to find somebody else that does, because otherwise... Um, you could spend a lot of time doing, you know, great work and really never extract the value out of it or really benefit from it long term. And then maybe you're, you know, if you can't monetize it or get to where you need to be, then it maybe at some point you even stop just because it's like it, it maybe isn't what you're able to do, right, to provide the type of lifestyle you want. Interested to hear you weigh in. So is that like if somebody's strictly creative, doesn't have the business side of things, like what do you think they should do? I think they should learn before they start. I think that, um, and I've spoken to somebody this week, one of my clients, and she's done some really beautiful designs and she's got some orders, but I asked her to, to send me some cost sheets and she sent me the cost sheets and they were totally inadequate. It won't work. So one of the first things, if you want to make money, obviously you can create something and you want to bring money back in. You have to have a plan. And the plan needs to be, where does that money come from for you to grow your company? So yeah. these are the things that we talk about that, you know, you can start off. And actually, it is a good time to start because mm. you start small 
and grow organically. That's a good way, especially when you're all the social media and you start selling from B to C, direct to the consumer. It's a good way for you to cut out that middleman who is adding on 120%. So there's some very good, interesting things going on business-wise. If you want to be creative, that's great. But it's not everything. It's only a very small portion of being successful. So you certainly need to understand the business side. Where does your money come from? And people say, oh, I can get a loan. Well, no, that doesn't happen like that. You know, or have you got collateral? You Can you use your home as a collateral? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to risk that. And I say, well, you expect a bank to risk it, but you're not willing to risk it. Yeah. So get a good understanding of how you're going to fund your business, because otherwise, you know, lots of them will perish because they haven't got that ability to understand the business side. I understand that you also do, I mean, you're multifaceted in this industry, obviously. And I think for anybody watching this at this point, they understand that you have a, you have a deep skill set. I was kind of surprised to hear, I, I didn't really understand that this was a, a niche within fashion, but you're also doing expert business, or excuse me, expert witness work. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, it's very interesting. I like a challenge. And (laughs) I used to play a lot of sports when I was younger. And I always say, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, right? But with expert witness work, it's basically to do, a lot of it's to do with copyright, trademark infringements, Mm -hmm. people stealing other people's prints. This is a big one. Uh, Colleges seem to teach students that they can scan in a design and then manipulate it and change it 30% and then think it's theirs. Well, if it looks the same at 10 foot, it is the same. And you're going to get sued. So thinking originally, there's a lot of one trademark or patent infringements I'm working on at the moment. But yeah, I had a big case with the IRS, which was interesting. And that went to court. That was the only one I have had to go to court with. Normally they get settled, but that was quite a big case and I quite enjoyed that. And so not to say that you ever would uh, stand still here, but as I mentioned before, the the podcast that you're working on right now. So again, I'm a, I'm a podcaster through and through and I, I knew I liked you in the beginning, but then when you said you do the podcast too, I'm like, okay, like I haven't met and I, I stick by this, still haven't met a podcaster that I haven't liked yet. <laughs> I love podcasts and I feel like the podcast community in general the people that gravitate towards it and that I've at least met. I mean, amazing people that are very content centered and they care a lot about the work they're putting out and they, and they work really hard on what they're going to give to their audience. So big shout out to all the podcasters out there, but circling back to your podcast that will be coming out. I know it's in production. Tell me a little bit more about the concept. I'm launching a new website and I'm going to be including on that a podcast that I will do. I plan to do each week and I've got a whole my cats come to say hello. Um, so, <laughs> so I have a whole list of, of industry people I will be interviewing. And we started yesterday with one of my industry partners, which is called Fashion Tech Works, which is in the Newmark downtown. And they have created this amazing space. So you, you've heard of We WeWorks. Well, it's yep. WeWorks for the fashion industry. So you can go in there and get your patterns made. You can do sampling, a photographic studio, a podcasting studio in their facility. So it's an amazing opportunity for people to see what's going on. So anyway, my husband's sorry walking around. He's got we've got this heating guy, but anyway, so we're partnering with them, which has got this beautiful space, and we're working Mm. with them to make this into a facility for new designers to go and get 
their patterns, their sewing, photography, showroom, we'll have a joint showroom and everything that's needed. And then the other thing that we will be doing is uh, working with them on the podcast as well. So it's, it's a big undertaking, but with, as you know, you have to have a team. Oh, yeah. And the team is important. The people who are around you to help support you. So I've been very fortunate to be working with them and I think it's going to take off. The other exciting part about it is they were donated some sewing machines and Mm. there's a huge issue with finding workers. We're trying to bring back made in America, domestic manufacturing. People are always saying, well, why aren't we making it? We didn't invest in our own infrastructure. So People are trying to get domestically made, but we can't find the sewers. So why don't we plan if we're bringing in refugees? It's the silly part is, Adam, that they bring in their refugees, but they can't work. So why not allow them to get some training and fill in these jobs? You see it, I'm sure, being downtown. Everywhere you go, we're looking for people. We need help. We need Mm -hmm. workers. So I'm saying we could do training there as well which I think will be a, an amazing opportunity to get people into jobs. You know, the minimum wage now is $17 an hour. So, you know, it can be a good step up for them. No, I agree. And I see it. So I see it. And in the work and that there's, there's just opportunity. There's so much opportunity because at the end of all of this, I mean, what are we trying to do? We're trying to have people add value. Like people want to work. People want to add value. I feel most, I'd say the majority want to add value to the system. And if they need, if we can help them along the way, as you said earlier, some type of training program, something that allows them to learn a skill that allows them to add value to the overall system, all the better. Like we're all the better for that. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all for that. So if we can help them and it will help the industry as well. So and our own our own economy. So I also understand you're doing some some work with the United Nations. I mean, you're 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 a busy woman. Like, how how did this come about? Well, through doing seminars, basically, in magic for the trade show there in Vegas, there was somebody from the United Nations sitting in the audience. And speaking of networking, as you said, right? Like, absolutely. (laughs) And so they are working with third world countries and helping them to enter the American market. So my first project was working with Peruvians who are doing alpaca products and Mm. women mostly. And so I was out there helping them to understand how to develop the products to enter the American market. So you have this whole difference in culture, with, as you probably are well aware of, the difference in cultures with who you're working with. Uh, with Peru, of course, it's you know South America, so it's not too far. It was an amazing opportunity. I love working with them. I went back there twice, and I hope to go back again as actually as a visitor, tourist. And the next one was in Nepal, working with Kashmir producers. And that was the same, trying to assist them, merchandise the brands so that they could show well in America. And then recently with Egypt, with the cotton suppliers, Egypt cotton. And unfortunately, I couldn't go there because of what's going, you know, what was been going on for the last couple Mm -hmm. of years. So a lot of Zoom meetings with them. And but Some of them come out to Magic at Vegas, so you're able to see them. And I have to say, I think you can be much more effective if you can go and visit these people rather than trying to Zoom meet with them. And there's a big, huge culture difference between all these different countries. And if they want to enter the American market, I can write reams and reams and reams. But the bottom line is, do what you say you're going to do. Mm. Don't mess around with Americans. If you do, be honest about it. But if you're going to mess around, they won't come back to you. 
Well said, and, and great perspective from your vantage point of being a thought leader in the space for a long time and working in the space too. So well said. Well, Francis, I have to say it has been great having you on the show. I mean, you got a lot going on, everything from obviously the rebrand, your 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 website that you'll be launching, your podcast. We have a book together we're launching. I have to just say, uh, and I'm sure I, let, I forgot a couple of things, but I have to say, so, so what's next? I mean, what's next for you? What's next for your brand? Well, I'm now working on doing my 11th edition of fashion for profit we were in the seventh one so i'm updating that with the help of a good friend of mine nancy spaulding and we're um busy on on updating the sustainability part which is is as i said earlier on a very big part of the change in the industry from everything from the dyes to the way cotton's grown to how it's manufactured and what happens to the waste things things like that there's some really interesting things happening if somebody's watching this and they want to follow up and learn more and connect with you and your brand, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, through my email, which would be Francis with an E. You can't, I can't tell you how many people spell it with an I, but I keep yeah. saying I'm not the Pope yet, but um, <laughs> Francis with an E at fashionforprofit.com, F-O-R-profit.com. So you email me and I'll be happy to help you in any way I can. Ah, that's wonderful. Again, appreciate you coming on to the show. And uh, speaking of the audience and everybody that's watching this, if this is your first time connecting with Mission Matters or listening to an episode, we're all about bringing on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and having them share their mission, the reason behind their mission, you know, why they do what they do and what we can all learn from that so we can all grow together. If that's the type of content that sounds interesting or fun or engaging to you, hit that subscribe button because we have many more mission-based individuals coming up on the line and we don't want you to miss a thing. And Francis, really, it has been a pleasure. Thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you. Give me the opportunity. I appreciate it, Adam. Thank you.